Are you ready for this? I'm ready. <laughs> you got your earbuds? Yeah, I got them in, so should be good to go. So yeah. I got to ask you, because the podcast is called Behind the Wheel, are you always behind the wheel? Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. So living in Baltimore, in the inner city, I was present when the Freddie Gray riots occurred. Baltimore was actually the first city in America to come up with a essentially legal way to ban African-Americans' property ownership within white residential areas. Snack Nation is a two-sided marketplace where we introduce artisanal and emerging uh, brands, mainly snack brands, to consumers at key moments where they're most engaged. Hi, I'm Derek, and this is Behind the Wheel, a show dedicated to highlighting the accomplishments of ordinary people who are doing extraordinary things within their communities. Check us out on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you find your podcast. Right, let's go. This portion of the Behind the Wheel podcast is sponsored by the Women's Business Development Council. Oh man, this is a tremendous organization doing some great work within the community. Fran Pastor is the CEO and founder. She's a former guest. They are celebrating their annual gala. This year it's going to be virtual on October the 29th. Friday. The pre-show is going to be 11.45 and the program and award ceremony will take place at 12 p.m. You don't want to miss this. For further information, visit ctwbdc.org. ctwbdc.org. Good morning and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Wheel. We are here today's special treat with Stephen Kempson, Kempson of London. I don't know if James Bond is going to be coming in here soon or not. Well, you never know. He, uh, I did dress him uh, when I worked back for uh, Brioni back in LA, so uh, you never know. He might make an appearance. You know? Which Bond are we talking about? Uh, Pierce Brosnan. Oh, yeah. This is the, that's the second Bond. Was it the third Bond? The third, I believe. Mm. <laughs> so, Stephen, why don't you tell folks who, um, who you are a little bit about yourself, how you got started? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Stephen Kempson uh, came to the United States about uh, 26 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, had originally come and uh, played soccer here when I was 16 years old and went back to England uh, hoping for a soccer career, which uh, didn't happen. And then suddenly I uh, found myself... Uh, uh, wondering what I'm going to do for work, and and then um, uh, suddenly uh, I, I then um, uh, got a job or got a job offer in a, a men's clothing store mm-hmm. uh, back in uh, the outskirts of London, and um, my career in the men's clothing business started. I was 17 years old, always loved clothes uh, growing mm-hmm. up, and then suddenly uh, there I was uh, working uh, behind the cash register. Uh, Selling men's, uh, selling men's clothes. So, mm. yeah. did you, when did you start actually designing and fitting? And so, um, so I always used to, you know, most afternoons I used to go down to the workroom. We had a, a workroom in uh, in house at that at, at the store, and uh, I would go down and watch the tailors uh, making the clothing, and that, that's really where my fascination and appreciation came from. Uh, from the, from the tailored side of the business, but it wasn't until I really got to uh, uh, to a company called Hickey Freeman here in the United States that I got more involved in the, the custom side of the business and uh, 
I spent uh, about six months in their workroom up in uh, Rochester, New York. Mm -hmm. I ran their custom business uh, back on the west coast of uh, the United States, uh, traveling the country uh, for them. And um, and that's really where I got in, you know much more involved in the in the in the pattern making and the uh, the custom side of the business. And uh, fast forward, I then ended up at Brioni, mm. uh, run, running the custom business in Los Angeles uh, on Rodeo Drive. And um, and then fast forward, uh, August 28th, I decided to go out on my own and uh, start Stephen Kemp's in London. And um, yeah, who knew two weeks later, September 11th was going to happen. And uh, you know, it was uh, it was a, a, a period where. Um, it never really got going uh, a, a good two years, two and a half years uh, after that, that people started to go back to work and uh, there was this sense of uh, some normality to people's lives again. Mm. And, uh, and that's what really brought me to, uh, to New York. So what kept you going during that period where, where things were, were stagnant or weren't moving as quickly as you thought they should? Um, I, I think it was all passion. I mean, I, 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 I've always been very passionate about what I do. And um, I've always found that people have always encouraged me to do what I want to do, and, and uh, you know, have said, you know, you've got a great eye for the for the clothing business, and you wear your clothes well. And I think that, uh, you know, I knew that, um, you know, working in a traditional retail store again wasn't really what I wanted to do, and um, and so I, I, you know, sort of for the next two years, I, you know, had. Uh, probably about half a dozen clients that I used to service. Um, one of my clients is still a very good client today. He lives up in Scranton, Pennsylvania, of all places. Mm. And uh, between him and his brothers, as well as some really good friends and associates that uh, he has, I've probably got about uh, 12 uh, about twelve guys up in, those, in and around the Scranton, Pennsylvania, Wilkes-Barre area that I still service. And either here in, uh, in the store in Westport, or they come to see me in New York, or I'll visit them in uh, PA, so I go up there normally about uh, every other month mm-hmm. uh, to service them and see what uh, see what they may need for the for the season. And um, yeah, it's been a great uh, been a gr- great great time. Mm. Bespoke. What 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 is what is what is that for for people who may not know? So bespoke is um, well, the the term actually comes from when someone would go into a tailor shop and. Mm. Um, they would be choosing the fabric, and uh, and the word bespoken or bespoke will come from the word, from the term bespoken. That's been bespoken for so, um, and bespoke really in, in my business because it's a term that gets thrown out there mm-hmm. consistently, um, not only in this business but also in uh, um, other industries as well. You know, Rolls Royce, Bentley have thrown the word bespoke out there, and you know what they do is very you know bespoke. It's a handmade car where you can literally pick uh, you know the leather and the, the color you can bring in your wife's lipstick and say can we match, match this <laughs> and uh, you know they, they do it I mean that doesn't come much more mm. bespoke than that but um, bespoke for me is really where we craft uh, a paper pattern uh, and we will take the, the the client's measurements both on a shirt or a, a tailored piece of clothing and uh, and from that we would draft the paper pattern um, from scratch and then uh, start to build to hand make um, uh, through the the art you know the artists and the craftsmen's uh, craftsmanship that we uh, that we use here in the store, mm-hmm. and a little bit back in the UK as well. We still do some things back in London uh, through a workroom there, 
but most of the best book stuff is completely handmade here in the store. So you can come in, you can see your pattern being made, you can see your, your, your jacket or your suit being cut, and, uh, and you can see it being uh, handcrafted, which is, uh, which is a phenomenal experience, you know, and, mm. and a great thing to, to see, you know. So, so it's, not, it's not a one-size-fits-all, you just grab a suit off the no, back? And... No, I think that, you know, in, in our industry, I would probably consider that to be more made-to-measure, where they take a, an existing pattern or a block pattern, uh, and then you can change uh, you can change some things like a sleeve length or a length of jacket. You can take in and let out, but... Um, True bespoke. We we completely get your figuration, your posture. Um, obviously, you know when it comes to to, to size, that you know there are no limits. You know, mm-hmm. it's completely handcrafted. So um, yeah, there's still people out there that appreciate and enjoy a complete bespoke uh, handmade suit. So mm-hmm. so you, I think about I'm looking at your, your the shirt collar that you're wearing. Now. How do you figure out well this collar will the contour of your, your, your face or the shape or your chin line and yeah. that's the, I mean that's a great question for me uh, I think what makes me a little bit different to some other um, people out there within my industry and tailors is uh, I, I'm very much about proportions and, and how I imagine something to uh, to look once it's uh, once it's been made whether it's sitting underneath the lapel of a jacket uh, I happen to love a spread collar I mm-hmm. think it can look good on most people um, uh, but again, you know, there's some people that have been a little bit more traditional. They've like gone with a Brooks brother pointed straight collar, and you know, they've not had the the opportunity or the um, the confidence to try something. So again, doing what I do and doing what I love, I, I give people the opportunity to try something. Mm-hmm. And again, it's uh, it's more of a uh, I look at my relationship with my clients as a long term uh, uh, investment, and you know, quite often I'll say, please let me make you a uh, a shirt, uh, complimentary, and we we take a look at the collar and get your feedback and mm-hmm. and see how it looks, uh, you know, based upon you know the jacket that we're making, or maybe it's just a shirt. And again, you know, we we we, we, we speculate to accumulate. I make the investment sort of up front and mm-hmm. say, look, you know, instead of doing that collar, let's try something a little different, you know. Yeah. And um, and I would say nine times out of ten, it works. Works out. <laughs> yeah. You you mentioned yeah. confidence, and clothing has a way of instilling, I guess, giving you a, a sense of, okay, this this looks good, this feels good. Yeah. And, and do, do you feel as though that, that is something that you aspire to do, or you just I just like the way this looks? And oh, I, I think that's why, I, that's why I do this business, and that's why I have managed to craft over the years, 20 years on my own and 30 plus years, I'm giving my age away now, but 30 plus years of being in the industry, um, is that I uh, what I like to do or, or why I do what I do is when I put someone in front of the mirror and you see the grin mm-hmm. and the smile come across their face and and you and it's and it's very uplifting I mean uh, you know when a man stands, stands in front of the mirror and it's almost like a, a little bit of a peacock you know they, they lift up their chest and they they look at how that suit and mm-hmm. that shoulder expression um, and the fit of a, uh, a suit looks it's it's exactly why I do what I do you know mm-hmm. um, I, I think it's uh, every time and I've been doing this as I say for 30 plus years and I still get as excited today as I did uh, when I was 17 years old of seeing a man mm-hmm. look and feel uh, more confident when he wears something that's you know looks good and is well tailored yeah I, I noticed it with a haircut 
I remember that I, I hated getting my hair cut. My father took me to the barber, and, and then getting out though, and then looking in the mirror was like, oh, this, this, well, you don't look half bad, man. That's that's not, yeah, that's okay. And then you 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 realize that you put a different pair of clothes on. It's like, oh, you you just feel different. There's a confidence, right? Um, it's, 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 it, you, you can't you can't escape it. There's just something about it. And twenty years, what's what's been the secret? to you staying in business so long? Um, it's just, uh, I, I think relationships, you know, being mm-hmm. being honest with people, um, being true to yourself, and, um, I, you know, for me, it's all about giving people an education. You know, if they come in and, and uh, they walk out with an empty bag uh, and they've had a great experience, you know, um, you know, that's, that's why I love what I do and, and I do what I do. So for me, it's about being authentic Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's about giving value, uh, and it's about giving quality. And I think if you know, you remember quality way after the price, uh, half you know half the time. And uh, I know for me, as I get that little bit older, uh, I look for an experience. I look for something that I can talk about when I walk out of a restaurant, mm-hmm. or I walk out of a hotel, or I've uh, you know got off a flight. I look for the experience that you know either the, the flight attendant or the waiter or the sommelier um, or, you know, the person that I've had that uh, interaction with has given me something to talk about. And I think that's no different to what I do here. You know, I like people to come in, enjoy uh, enjoy what we uh, uh, what we have available mm-hmm. um, and feel relaxed yeah. and feel that there's no pressure about, it's not a sale, it's it's about an experience. And um, as, I, as I just um, mentioned a couple of moments ago, it's really a long-term relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, I've started with clients that I've had now for the last, uh, you know, 17, 18 years that we started with one suit. You know, he came into me in New York, he bought one suit, and um, and and now, you know, he's a, a lawyer, very accomplished and uh, a good lawyer up in the Pennsylvania area that, uh, you know, thinks of going nowhere else when it comes to his wardrobe. And, um, and again, whether it's me going down to his, you know, home in Scranton, Pennsylvania, or going down to uh, down to a, another home that he may have, um, I, I become part of that uh, experience for him. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. You, you've created a, an experience here. So we're located in in Westport right now. So yeah. you've, you've got the the sound there, the, the bridge, and then you have this this back seated area a patio and I guess there's a restaurant that's situated here so you come in through the front and there's a um, Vespa Vespa scooter scooter. it's got the British flag this is this is not your traditional Vespa so it's it it, it immediately grabs your attention so you come in and then there's the you have um, the the, the tailors right yeah I have the tailors I have the workroom uh, as you come to the right of the store so that's really where things are created and things are made. You know, we also offer an alteration service. So if we do have clients that want to, uh, you know, bring stuff in that they've had, uh, they've bought in other places, again, we offer that service. Um, and then to the other side of the store, we have a huge uh, 15, 16 foot table that spans uh, half the length of the store. Again, it's a great uh, work area for us to lay fabrics out and really, uh, you know, see things in the entirety. And then you're coming through into the lounge, you know. Mm-hmm. And this really is, for me, this is the heart of where the store is. It's no different to me walking into your home and seeing, uh, you know, walking into the heart of the home, which is always the kitchen. 
there's uh, people come in there's laughter there's conversation yeah. there's it's it's a very the kitchen yeah it's it's this is my kitchen yeah you know? and this I, is, I say kitchen i'm sorry to um was working with a gentleman he's telling me he's writing a script and he said the kitchen i'm calling it the kitchen because so much happens within a relationship that occurs within the kitchen yes. you know it may the day may go off anyhow the kitchen at the heart of of, of the home where yeah. things you know where things occur uh, we always we we either come back to the to the kitchen or you know, you know yourself. You go to a, a party, mm-hmm. and everything, everyone's in the kitchen. You know, you arrive, and it's only as time goes on, and the evening goes on, the day goes on, and people <laughs> start to spread out, and you know, then you know they they start to enjoy the rest of the, the rest of the home. But otherwise, it's everyone congregates around that. It's the kitchen island where, as I say, for me, this is um, this is where the laughter is. This is where I really get to understand you and who you are, mm-hmm. and. Um, and that's ninety uh, percent of what I do. It's all it's all mental, you know. Mm. I fit the mind, then I fit the body, you know. If I understand how you want to feel and how you want to look, how you want to be um, perceived when you walk in the room, and how you want to be talked about when you walk out of the room, mm-hmm. I can probably make you a pretty good suit. Mm. Um, that's that's my philosophy on that, on what I do, you know. So how 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 do people find you? So a lot of it is word of mouth. I've been lucky enough over the years to get some great, uh, some great um, uh, pieces in uh, the Rob Report, in uh, Departures, the Financial Times, uh, the Wall Street Journal, Forbes, and different publications. Um, you know, less and less of that has happened, obviously, because print hasn't been such a big thing mm-hmm. over the last, uh, you know, over the last five to eight years, ten years. Um, so there's much more sort of social media being done, and you know we're looking to um, uh, we're looking to expand on that because I'm a little bit of a dinosaur. I have to be honest with you when it comes to mm-hmm. uh, you know the social media side. You know I've got my daughter working with me right now, which has been uh, it's been amazing, and uh, she's she's going to be taking that over and working with me on that because. Uh, She's like, Dad, we need, to, you know, we need to take you into the 21st century. So I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know? But, you, I mean, you, you, you've you embraced um, a lot of change. You talked about, um, before we started recording, you talked about the pandemic and how you had to um, adapt. Share mm. a little bit of that with, with us. Yeah, so I think this was a real time of, uh, uh, you know, for me, it was, uh, it was actually strength within the business. You know, the business has been 20 years old it's it's been going it's been going well um you know what i was forced really uh it really wasn't a decision i was forced to close the store for about nine to ten weeks uh and uh, just like everyone else you know we reevaluated uh life and the things we were doing and how we were doing it uh you know i found that you know the clients that um were going to the work, weren't going to work, and they were dressing differently, and it was all about comfort, and uh, and so you know it gave me a chance to really think about you know what was the next step for Stephen Kemp's in London, and that was really you know uh, a little bit of what we call at leisure wear, but also I still wanted to keep you know the tailored sense, a uh, sense of you know you could put on a nice um, casual jacket mm-hmm. and still have a presence to it you know um it didn't mean a pair of sweatpants however we are now carrying sweatpants in the store and and more more casual clothing 
but um, you know, look at different fabrications. Look at something with a little bit of stretch to it. You know, think about you know what is going to happen when the guy comes back to work and he's going to come back two to three days a week, not five days. Mm-hmm. And um, it gave me a chance to work on some new models, some some things that are you know a little bit different that I'd had in my in my mind for many years and hadn't had the time to necessarily sit down, you know. Uh, make some patterns for the tailors and and get some sampling done so I, I, I really think for me it was um, you know financially it wasn't the uh, the, the, the the most rewarding uh, past 12 18 months mm-hmm. but it certainly gave me a, a chance to really look at the business and uh, think about where we're going to be for the next you know two to three to five years and uh, what that looks like and and still be around you know yeah um, I think that's uh, you, you showed me this fabric or this jacket. And you took it in and you crumbled it. Yeah. And it's kind of bounced back out. Yeah. No wrinkles. I mean, it's yeah. just... It's a great fabric. It's it's something that I've, I've been using for, you know, for many, many years. But it's a basket weave fabric. And it's, uh, you know, it's a it's a high... Um, it's, 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 a, it's, a, a, it's spun and woven very, very tightly. So it almost has a last, an elasticity to it, mm-hmm. which... Um, which uh, is, is really, really important when it comes to like a travel blazer, uh, something that's comfortable. And, and I think you saw the client was talking about he travels, he's on and off airplanes, he's in uh, Arizona, he's in Florida, he's in LA. Um, and the, you know, the great thing about this fabric is it reacts really well to a little bit of humidity as well. And again, you know, some of those places that he visits, visits have that humidity and, and this will be something that will look as good when he gets off the plane as you know the moment he's getting back onto uh, return home so uh it's always something that i think should be in every guy's wardrobe there should be definitely a a, a great soft basket weave uh, fabric mm-hmm. um it doesn't really matter what time of year and, and what you're doing but great travel blazer so phenomenal yeah so do you have a style guide out i do not but i'm open to it mm-hmm. you know um you know, I think that uh, I really try to, when it comes to style, I really try to understand someone's lifestyle and their own personality, uh, rather than me dictating about, uh, you know, you should wear this and this is how you should wear it. I really try to listen to my clients' lifestyles and uh, how they want to feel. Um, you know, there's always certain basics that I, I think are that are important. Um, you know, I love a one-button jacket on the front. Um, it looks very clean. You don't ever uh, fasten the second button, so why well, have it? Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's just a very unique and very custom kind of look. Um, one of the other features that we do is um, is a is a pant that has a, a western is pocket, this the, uh... cowboy pocket. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, in Europe we call it a continental pocket, um, and it's always uh, it's always been there. It's very popular here in the in the sixties, I think. Um, but it always has a has a unique look. I mean, obviously we're especially when it comes to men with creature habits, so we love a pair of jeans. Mm-hmm. I think in the United States here, a lot of people will refer to it as a Western pocket or a cowboy pocket. Uh, what I love about this is the way the, the, the trouser will fit on a gentleman. You never get this sort of bulging of the pocket on the side where you know you put your hand yeah, in or yeah, everything yeah. sits here. Everything in this case sits right in the front of the of the of the pocket. So again, love that kind of very clean look. Mm-hmm. Um, you said you're not a fan of belts. 
not a, not a big lover of belts, you know. Um, again, you know, it's one less thing I need to think about in the morning when it comes to, uh, you know, matching the belt up with the shoes. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll even do a little side tab here. Uh, the pants hang on today. I don't even have any uh, any side tab or any belt loose. So I'll just make sure the pant fits, uh, you know, Yeah, it's correctly. a nice clean look, man. Yeah. So there's, the, yeah, just, it will just fit right. Yeah. So again, you know, if you do find, uh, you know, there's a, a little fluctuation in, in your weight, you can just give it a little, a little, uh, just a little pinch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a little pinch on the side here and, uh, you know, get your, your tightness back in your pen or, again, sort of loosen it off a little bit by uh, opening up the, uh, the belt buckle. Mm. Uh, one of the other things, as I say, for me, again, a very, very clean line is uh, not having any back pockets. You know, I always used to see uh, guys on the train that would uh, always rip the back pocket, you know, either they caught the, uh, the, the button or the pocket on the... Uh, on the arm of the of the of the train, yeah. and this creates a nice sort of very simple line uh, yeah. through the back yeah. of the pan. It always looks nice and clean. So, yeah, yeah. sharp, yeah, sharp. So you 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 were doing shoes also at one point. I I I did. I entered into the shoe world, and um, yeah, it was really interesting. I I ended up uh, going back to England, uh, spending uh, some time with a, a, a shoemaker, a last maker, back in uh, back in Northamptonshire. And um, yeah, it was a, a really interesting time. You know, I, I, I'd never been involved in really in shoes and suddenly found myself uh, or my clients wanting to, to, to buy shoes. And uh, I, I went back, I created a last that was uh, my own last. And from that, we then built the shoe from a, a great shoe manufacturer, maker in uh, Northamptonshire, the shoe capital of, uh, of England. Mm-hmm. And um, we would produce uh, anywhere between 10 to 12 pairs of a certain shoe in a certain color. And once it had sold out, it was gone, was you know, it? and then we would uh, move on to another color, another uh, leather or suede. And uh, it was fun, you know, for, for about three years, we uh, we created the Stephen Kempton shoe line. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think financially it was uh, it was definitely one of those things that uh, there was challenges uh, throughout the, you know, the, the, the season. So we'd always find we'd, we'd sell the sort of the eight and a half, nine, nine and a half, ten, mm-hmm. and be left with the small sizes or the really large, the large sizes. sizes. So we, uh, we decided to get back and focus on what I really love and what I know. And, you know, maybe one day we'll, we'll open, we'll have the sh- Stephen Kempson shoe collection again. But for right now, it's, uh, it's on hold, you know, mm. sitting so, on the so shelf. What's next for Stephen Kempson? Um, I think to uh, to really sort of do more within the community here in Westport. I've lived in town for about 16, 17 years. Uh, however, sort of 12, 13 of those years, I was in the city commuting backwards and forwards. Uh, been here in, uh, in, in the store here in Westport for the last four and a half years. And, uh, and again, obviously, the last 18 months or two years of that have been, you know, somewhat uh, on the quieter side. And we're looking to uh, now sort of as men start to go back to work two to three days a week, we're looking to, uh, to, to, to grow the business back to where we were you know, b- before the pandemic and, uh, and do a little bit more within the community. You know, we, uh, we, we, we think that there's, there's more to expand within the Fairfield County and, um, and uh, hopefully beyond. And, um, and to, you know, have sort of more men come and experience what we have here at the store and uh, see what we do, but also to, uh, 
to put together maybe a business where we can actually go back into someone's home, which was something, something we've been working on before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And obviously once that hit, uh, no one wanted to see us in their home. So, you know, that got put on the back burner. Um, and I'm hoping within the next six to 12 months to kind of open that back up and, uh, and uh, you know, get some feedback from clients mm -hmm. that feel comfortable with, uh, with myself or one of, uh, one of our associates coming into your home going through your closet and helping you sort of, you know, uh, work on what you already have uh, and work on the existing uh, um, suits or jackets you made or wardrobe and then uh, helping you sort of, um, you know, put new things in and uh, expand on the, on the, on the, you know, Stephen Kempson collection. So, mm. yeah, definitely some exciting things, more ca a little bit more casual wear. I think that... Um, Ladies may be something that may be in the future, some ladies' clothing. Again, we're going to keep it very tight and sort of very Pacific, but, um, you know, over the years we've done a few ladies' pieces. I think it should be very feminine and sexy. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, look for the Stephen Kempson uh, ladies' cl collection hopefully coming uh, sometime in uh, 2022. All right. Well, so, thank you so very much, Mr. Yeah. Kempson. I appreciate you. Enjoy. Yeah, thank you. Thanks All for right. stopping by. Yes, yes.